The DSR Listener Survey is now here. Your voice matters, and we want to hear it. So please take a moment to fill out the survey and help us make our podcasts even better. You can find a link to the survey in the show description below. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm your co-host, David Rothkopf, joined today by your other co-host, Chris Cottmore. How are you doing, Chris? Doing well, thank you. Excellent. And Riley Fessler. How are you, Riley Fessler? Feeling energized. Energized, energized, ready to go. Chris, what are your top stories for today? I can't remember if you mentioned this off or on air yesterday, but you joked about me being able to speak to current issues at cocktail parties. Well, I can tell you that one topic that never comes up is the state of democracy, whether we're talking about state of democracy in the United States or the state of democracy in the world. And let me just tell you why we need to be paying attention to you've this. Got a, you, you've got a different cocktail party tonight. Here in Washington, that's all people talk about. <laughs> they're, More, they're like, oh my God, democracy is... Anyway, go on. No, that's uh, that's encouraging to hear. Uh, the it's, global state makes for makes for unbelievably boring cocktail parties. But uh, I, you you got to drink a little bit more. Yeah, uh, yeah, true. The global state of democracy 2023 report by the International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance warns of a significant global surge in authoritarianism. Leaders in this have been the. United States, um, among other players, uh, Turkey, Hungary, but I'm not leaders in the decline of democracy, leaders in the decline of democracy. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, exactly. And while I am not surprised, um, given what's happened over the past several years, both in our country and globally, um, it is a concerning trend. Now, they do point to um, some potential positive signs. I, you know, I think our current administration uh, is fighting the good fight. Um, and there, there's like real life encouraging news that Riley is going to touch on a bit later in this podcast. Excellent. Well, that's good. But I bet you're not going to start with encouraging news, Riley, because you never do. That is so true. You know me so well. So first news story is one that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit in international headlines. Um, Last month, Pakistan announced that they would start arresting and deporting unregistered, undocumented foreigners starting yesterday. And it's an estimated 1.7 million people. And the big issue with this is that a vast number of these are made up from migrants from Afghanistan. And the UN's OHCHR has warned that This is a potential humanitarian disaster, given that an estimated 600,000 of those undocumented foreigners arrived since the Taliban took power in 2021 and could face arrest and torture after deportation. So in the lead up to this, an estimated 140,000 Afghans fled the country, Um, but there's still 1.4 million that are registered as refugees, and the government says those people will be safe. Um, but still a huge number of people that are at risk of deportation. And the Taliban government doesn't support this either. They called the plan unacceptable 
and wanted the deadline extended. So really nobody is happy with this policy except for apparently the government of Pakistan. It's an awful story. It's the kind of story that falls through the cracks. There are humanitarian crises all around the world every single day. A couple of them make the news. A couple of them people care about here in the United States. Obviously, this one is one that we have some links to, given our time in Afghanistan and our um, uh, you know, work in the region that did not turn out well. Um, and um, uh, it's one to watch because, as you say, it could get worse and worse. Chris? One of the great things about our democracy is that we get to choose the people that represent us in our government. Um, but I doubt the we, fine. We, we're doing a great job at that. Anyway, go on. Yeah. yeah. I do. I know I, Riley's got a George Santos story coming up. So that's a, that was, that's a real score for the U S go, really, go on. I really enjoy these morning, uh, you know, whip, whiplash. <laughs> we need better news. I know. Yeah. Um, but the fine people who elected Tommy Tuberville, I'm sure we're not anticipating his insane move to hold up uh, confirmations of military leaders and military promotions um, across the board. Well, it seems the the his Republican Party, obviously, along with the Democrats, have had enough and have called for the Senate to uh, fix the blockade. Um, I'm I'm certainly not, the Republicans could have done this a long time ago, but our elected leaders are so engulfed in the politics and infighting that they forget that there are real people here. Our national security is at stake. There are families who depend on, and, 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 you know, people serve voluntarily to protect our freedoms and our democracy and they're waiting for their you know spouses friends family members um for these promotions that can make a big difference in their you know their their life um, well also the le- also the leadership the organizations they're supposed to be leading if there's a void at the top then they're not as effective as organizations it's just, it's, it's really, it's it's sickening. And just a couple of quick tweets, Norm Warrenstein, besides joining with Democrats to change the Senate rules, Senate Republicans should strip the traitorous Tommy Toberville of his committees. Um, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Amy Klobuchar, finally, it isn't just Democrats publicly calling for Toberville to lift the military holds. Enough is enough. Of course, enough is enough. Like, let's yeah, move this forward here. It, it is enough is enough. But, you know, again, it, you know, it is ridiculous at the same time, uh, you know, uh, J.D. Vance is putting a hold on, on, a, on a bunch of uh, appointments to the DOJ um, uh, in order to advance some kind of ludicrous personal vendetta of his. There's similar holds on, on, on diplomats from getting appointed. Uh, for similar reasons, the the rule that a single senator can block the progress of anything isn't in the Constitution. It isn't in the national interest. It's fucking crazy, and it's time for that to be over. Riley, I, I, I tipped your hand. You got a George Santos story. Why don't you just jump ahead to that? It's always it's always good to talk about this 
insane lying uh, fraudster. I could I couldn't resist because I, I you know I haven't seen a lot of headlines about George Santos recently other than this impending expulsion vote uh, that was pushed really heavily by the New York delegation of the House of Representatives New, and New interestingly York enough Republican delegation New York Republican which is the interesting part of this and um, during it the the only people who spoke in favor of his expulsion were all New York delegates and all of them but one were the Republicans. Um, so the, the vote breakdown on this was really interesting. It, it, it did not pass. It didn't even come close. It needed a two thirds majority. It didn't even get a simple majority. It ended up being 179 for 213 against. And the interesting part for me was that 24 Republicans actually supported the removal and 31 Democrats voted against it. Um, and if you want the best breakdown of why the Democrats voted against it, I would encourage everyone to go to Jamie Raskin's Twitter. He has a great post outlining why he specifically voted against this. But I think from what I've read, this is kind of the major sentiment for why Democrats didn't support it, which is essentially they don't like the precedent in sense of the court cases not have gone through their conclusion and the ethics committee not having finished its investigation either. So it seems like they're waiting. Yeah. As, as, as Raskin has uh, pointed out, only five people have ever been expelled. Three of them were expelled because they were members of the Confederacy. The two others were actually convicted of crimes. He believes in due process and thinks we should wait until he's convicted of crimes. The good news for those of you who'd like to see George Santos go, he will be convicted of crimes. Just wait. Chris? But is that not a positive sign for our democracy that somebody like Jamie Raskin is thoughtful enough to think through not just the the significance of 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 ousting um but the historical significance of ousting a, a colleague well he's a professor of constitutional law he knows the constitution in and out he's dedicated to it he is a really a great american everybody who's listening should follow him because he provides very useful perspectives from his perch within the Congress. He's a he's a he's a, a real asset to the country. What's your number three story? Yeah, my final story is uh, a pretty simple one. In in response to a reporter's question, Biden expressed support for humanitarian pause um, in Gaza, which you know is a is a bit of a shift, and I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out throughout, obviously today, but in the in the coming days, um, to see what that could actually mean. Um, you know, if it was just an off the cuff answer, um, if the administration is you know going to walk something back, or or if we're going to go kind of forward, you know, with the diplomacy efforts that are required right now. Um, to at least, at least get civilians out and to get humanitarian aid into the country. Well, that's what he was talking about. He was asked about it. You know, he was not talking about a ceasefire. But I've, I, I got to tell you, and I have an op-ed that's coming out, a column in the Daily Beast coming out a little bit later today, um, that talks about this. It, it's going to be sooner rather than later that the United States is faced with a real tough choice in this because the, the civilian casualties are going to go rise and rise and rise. The U.S. is going to own them if it does not seek to stop them. It's trying to stop them behind the scenes. But if it can't stop them behind the scenes, then it's going to have to do something different, whether that's calling for a ceasefire, 
um, publicly opposing Netanyahu uh, uh, or something else, uh, including cutting off aid. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to watch this space very closely. If there's too many incidents like that in the Jabali Jabalia camp, um, uh, the U.S. support is unsustainable. I do encourage everybody to listen to our podcast from yesterday with Rula Jebrial, Ed Luce, and Rosa Brooks, which really delved into this, and I thought a very uh, insightful and even at times moving way. Riley? So the last story isn't too much of a surprise. We kind of knew this was coming. Putin signed into law a bill revoking Russia's ratification of the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. Um, And we knew this was coming because both Houses of Parliament voted on this last month. All it needed was Putin's signature. So for a little background, and I would encourage everyone to go check out our October 20th episode of We're All Gonna Die Radio, where uh, John, Wolfstall, David, and their guests dive into the background of this uh, a lot. But a little primer, it was passed in 1996, but never actually got full ratification um, from the US, China, India, Pakistan, and others. So Putin basically said that his reason for signing this was to establish parity with the United States. Um, but the deputy foreign minister has said that they don't plan to violate the ban. Uh, they'll only resume tests if the U.S. does so first. Uh, yeah, it's not not good news. This is something we're going to cover on We're All Going to Die uh, Radio, um, uh, which is our podcast every Friday, if you haven't listened to it, which uh, with John Wolfstall, who is an arms control specialist, led that effort within the Obama administration. Uh, in which we talk about the intersection of technology and defense, um, and everything from nukes to AI. It's a real good podcast. It's definitely one you should add to your list. And um, uh, you know, the tracking things like this, which don't make it to the front pages very often, um, uh, is precisely why we're doing it. Uh, Thanks, guys. I think this is a good way to get the the, the you know the day uh, started, um, and we'll continue to do this each and every day, um, uh, uh, as well as our other podcasts. We've got one coming up later today on AI and disinformation, which may sound kind of remote, but it's going to change your lives in the next few months. So don't miss it. Until then, bye, Chris. Bye, Riley. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>